Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from The Hypnotist, written by Alyssa Devine. An intriguing young adult murder mystery set in the bayou. When on an afternoon outing in Bayou Vermilion, Lafayette, Louisiana, teenager Amanda Wilcox has her fortune read by Madame Zuzu, she and her classmate Tom Lassiter never thought it would lead to her having a nightmare in which she dreamed she was being choked to death. Under hypnosis, Amanda reveals to Tom that she once was a woman named Kylo Decker who disappeared 25 years earlier after being stopped by a policeman while driving home early one morning after partying with her girlfriends. An internet search reveals the name of another woman, Cindy Lathrop, who disappeared some years after Decker under similar circumstances. As their relationship blossoms, Amanda and Tom uncover evidence linking a former Lafayette policeman and a funeral home employee to the abductions, men who they suspect murdered the two women. But then in what appears to be a real-life enactment of what the fortune teller told Amanda, the teenagers find their lives threatened by one of the two men they think was responsible for the murders committed 25 years earlier. Can the teenagers survive knowing the last of the five tarot cards read to Amanda by Madame Zuzu was death? The only way to learn the answer to that question is to listen to The Hypnotist. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from The Hypnotist. Chapter 1 Lafayette, Louisiana, Wednesday, May 7, 2014 1.04 p.m. For all intents and purposes, Phil Dennison's shoes were glued to the floor of the auditorium on the first floor at Langford Creek High School in Lafayette, Louisiana. Mr. Dennison, intoned the orchestra leader, Dr. James Ferrari. Perhaps you didn't hear me ask members of the orchestra to rise and set up the chairs and stands, so we could begin our practice session this afternoon? Phil, a senior who stood five feet ten inches tall and weighed a hundred and ninety-eight pounds, a good height and weight for a fullback, something else at which he excelled, in addition to playing the trumpet, smiled weakly and made yet another effort to rise from his seat in the first row of the auditorium. But, try as he might, with both hands pushing on the armrests, he was unable to lift himself up, much less move one of his feet forward. Dr. Ferrari threw up his hands, turned, and walked to the side of the stage in search of his podium. Amanda Wilcox, the concert mistress, turned to her right and threw Tom Lassiter, the lead trumpet player, an exasperated look. I know what you did, she said, shaking her head in disgust as the two of them got out of their seats and climbed to the stage. What? whispered Tom, shrugging his shoulders and giving her that, I don't know what you're talking about, look. But the smirk on his face was the tell. It confirmed what she already knew. You hypnotized him during lunch, just like you did last week, when you embarrassed him in the cafeteria by suggesting he stay in his seat when the rest of us got up to go to orchestra. I get it. You're bored, she said, taking two chairs off a stack for use in her first violin section. 
So, playing with Phil's mind is just another one of the stupid things you do to amuse yourself down here. By down here, Amanda was referring to the fact she was a transplant from New York City, the result of her parents finalizing their divorce during the summer between her sophomore and junior years, and her mother's return to her parents' home in Lafayette. Amanda, a petite student with emerald green eyes and fiery red hair, was far from bored in her new surroundings. Among other things, she still was struggling to master the violin under her new teacher, a less gifted woman than her former instructor in Manhattan, who had been trained at the Juilliard School. Despite this vexing problem, Amanda continued to excel in math and science at her new high school. As a result, she received several offers from universities and colleges around the country that would have allowed her to pursue degrees in the physical sciences under a variety of financial aid packages. She finally accepted MIT's, where she was given a four-year, full-tuition scholarship from the Department of Physics. While still far too early to declare a major, Amanda told her physics teacher and mentor, Dr. Snyder, that someday she wanted to earn a Ph.D. in theoretical physics with an emphasis on string theory. Dr. Snyder later confided to her mother that he had no doubt Amanda could achieve anything to which she put her mind and energy. Phil Dennison's shoes remained glued to the floor. Someday, Tom, you're gonna get in a lot of trouble with jokes like that, she snapped as they met again at the stacks of chairs off to one side of the stage. She made no effort to hide her displeasure with his antics. Still, she liked him, and he her. They had played together in the orchestra for more than a year and a half, since the beginning of their junior year, actually, and each respected the other for their musical talent. As well, they were casual friends, in the sense Tom drove Amanda to and from school every day. This was an arrangement they drifted into early in the second semester of their junior year. It resulted from a discussion they had one day during orchestra. Amanda, whose mother could not afford to buy her a car, remarked how she had trouble getting to school that day after missing the school bus. With no one available to drive her, she was forced to use the city's public transportation system, arriving more than 15 minutes late for the start of first period. Tom immediately offered to drive her to and from school. He, too, was a transplant of sorts, though it would be difficult to state exactly where he might call home. Born in Houston, Tom had, in his short life, lived in Texas, Alaska, Saudi Arabia, Oman, and Indonesia. This transient way of living was the result of his father's job as an officer in a major international oil conglomerate based in Houston. Now, with the elder Lassiter responsible for the management of his corporation's oil and gas platforms in the Gulf of Mexico, the family found itself in Lafayette. To say Tom was bored most of the time would be an understatement. Still, he was an excellent student and, through his father's connections, had already been accepted at his father's alma mater in Oklahoma. Much to his parents' dismay, however, he turned the school's offer down. Instead, he chose to attend Princeton University, 
where, as one of less than 800 students admitted under the school's early admissions program, he intended to pursue a degree in mathematics with a specialty in number theory. Come on, Tom, said Amanda as she picked up two music stands from a cart. Enough is enough. Oh, all right, he mumbled as he nonchalantly edged towards the front of the stage where, when no one was looking, he snapped his fingers. Instantly, Phil popped out of his seat, trotted to the stairs on the left side of the stage, and descended to where the other members of the orchestra were distributing music stands among the chairs that already had been placed in their assigned positions. Let's go, people, shouted Dr. Ferrari, clapping his hands. We haven't got all day. I want to at least get through the first movement of Copland's Third Symphony before we leave. This is one of the selections we're going to play at graduation. So, Phil, whispered Tom as he and Phil took their seats in the brass section. Had a little trouble getting out of your seat, huh? I haven't a clue as to what you're talking about. You don't remember sitting there in the first row while everyone else got up to arrange the chairs and music stands? Phil looked at him like he was talking nonsense. I've been up on the stage since we got back from lunch. Quit screwing around with my head. Tom just shook his head and chuckled to himself. If you only knew, my friend. If you only knew. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from The Hypnotist. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.